Welcome to the Friends of Zane Adams, aka Faza Podcast, bringing awareness of postpartum depression, suicides, and the children who are left behind. We'll be spotlighting positive outcomes from mothers as well as healthcare experts and counselors. Would you know the signs of PPD? Would you know how to help a loved one? Stay tuned. As a community, we can do more to support maternal mental wellness. Greetings, Faza fans. This is Paulette Smith, and I want to thank you for tuning into another episode of the Faza Podcast for Maternal Mental Wellness. As always, we welcome our moms, birthing people, our medical care providers, our doulas, therapists, counselors, and all advocates for maternal mental health. And we welcome you especially because we know you're helping us bring awareness to stop the stigma, the silence, the suicides, and the suffering that often accompanies postpartum depression and to support the children who are left behind. Now, please remember that we may say uh, something during the broadcast that would be a trigger for you. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is easier to reach now by dialing 988. And the National Maternal Mental Health Hotline is 833-943-5746. We hope you can stay with us through the entire podcast. But today, in our tradition of discussing topics to bring beneficial concepts to you, our audience, we're going to be talking about journaling. Now, those of you who know me, you know that I often say writing makes it real. So while it's obvious that we can't solve every problem or every challenge that we face in life, we can't write it out, there have been some proven benefits of putting pen to paper, and we want to talk about that. That's why today I'm particularly honored to have our speaker, Renee Watson. She's a founder of Remedy House a web-based resource providing reliable information to mental health enthusiasts. And I say especially on it because Renee is a U.S. military spouse, she's a mom, and she holds an M.A. in professional counseling. Now, as a mother, Renee experienced the benefits of journaling during her own perinatal and postpartum period. She uses her skills in technical writing and her passion for learning to create materials, that inform and enlighten both mental health professionals and their clients. So today, Renee is going to share with us on a personal and professional level some powerful perceptions on journaling. Greetings, Renee, and welcome to the FAZA podcast. Hi, Paulette. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a wonderful opportunity to get to speak to everyone um, about something I'm so passionate about. Um, So like Paulette said, my name is Renee Watson, and I am a military wife and mother, and I have my MA in professional counseling. And while I'm working towards licensure, Remedy Health kind of became the place that I deposited all the big and small things that um, have blessed me and just really benefited me throughout my mental health journey. So personally and professionally. So thank you again for having me, Paulette. I'm so glad we could get together. You know, I ever since I first spoke with you, I've just gone back and back to uh, your website, and every time I go, I learn something new. And 
Today, I promised my audience that we were going to talk about journaling and how you found it to be positive for you. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, journaling for me began in my teen years, and I think it was encouraged through um, like media where you had a diary as a teenager, your secret diary, um, and through <laughs> the years. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe, um, I don't know if that's still there, but that's definitely how I saw it. Yeah. So I wanted to have that with a little lock on it. Um, but then as I got older, it became where I wrote my prayers, and my journal became, you know, basically my written prayers, and then, and then thoughts accumulated. And it really helped, and at that point, I didn't really know why, but I knew it helped me kind of clarify my thoughts. As I went through mental health education, working in the industry, and then my own um, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, journaling helped me work out what was going on in my mind when it felt very much a tangle. Um, so how that, how journaling is connected to the joy and contentment that you can find is effectively being less confused. Um, so like Paulette said earlier, you don't work out all your uh, trials and tribulations on the paper, but it does make it real. And when it is real, you can start feeling your feelings rather than just thinking them. As a matter of fact, there is research that shows we naturally extend our minds onto the page, and they can be extensions of our metacognition, which helps us reflect on them like we are um, having those feelings and thoughts right now in this moment. So it's almost like a do-over. Like, was I anxious in that moment? Okay, let me do it mm. over so I can work through that anxiety. And it's powerful because it's just you, and it's just your pen in a comfortable space. You can relive this maybe very stressful thing in a way that feels safer. And so, you know, that, that is a more, that's a point of contentment in that, okay, like I worked through that emotion. I know it was happening. I'm not confused or scared. And it's really a beautiful thing you can do on your own. Right. A couple of things you said very, very powerful to me. And the work that we do with postpartum moms and with birthing people, and that is safe. That's one word. This is something that you can share, but you don't have to share. You can just, you can keep it for yourself. But if you do decide to share, you decide who's going to see it. And you don't have to feel uh, stigmatized and you don't have to feel uh, that you are just a lot of moms, I'm just using the word that a lot of moms use to me because many of them have never had uh, the experience of postpartum depression. And sometimes when they get it, they think they actually say words like, I think I'm losing my mind, or I think, I, I know I'm not myself, but I can't explain uh, how I am. And then I have someone to speak to, and then when I speak to them, I can't really put into words that that's because I think they might be speaking from their head and had they just taken the time, and I know you're sleep deprived, you're energy deprived, your time seems to have dropped down to zero, so someone's asking you to write something down, but you're saying that that can actually give you more time because it gives you self-awareness to help you express yourself when you get an opportunity. Is, is, is that, am I on the track there? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to expand and give a little bit of my background in that, for me, um, before I experienced postpartum anxiety and depression, obviously I was pregnant, and that year, actually, when I was pregnant was my last year of grad school. I was basically working two mm-hmm. full-time jobs, had a full-time caseload, and doing um, an internship. It was the craziest year of my life, and um, wow. I... Yeah, it was it was a lot. I proved to myself I could do a lot of things, but it was very it was very overwhelming. And one of the things that I'm very proud of is I'm a very good writer. I do a lot of technical writing and editing and things in my professional life, and I excelled at that in my grad classes. And I was just so proud of myself that I maintained that. So after postpartum. After I went through postpartum and did all of the one year of baby raising where I took time off of that writing, I came back and I was finding that I was misspelling words or I was missing commas. And I know this sounds so, you know, plebeian, like, of course, you know, who's perfect. But truly, when I wrote, that was very uncommon, especially if I was writing within my field, because I did it so often. It it was almost like robotic, right? And you have good muscle memory there, so to speak. Well, what happens is, like, when you're pregnant, after you have the baby, if you have postpartum depression or anxiety, all of those things change the brain chemistry in different ways, every time, over time. And so when women are saying, I don't feel like myself or I can't think I don't have the words. It could be that that neural pathway that was very, very well connected before that baby is kind of just kind of out there now. You're doing something else with that energy and that pathway is not connected the way it used to be or as strongly as it used to be. So those words, that thought that, okay, I'm not who I used to be, it's what you're saying is, my brain doesn't function or or um, isn't as quick or as efficient here as it used to be, and that worries me. And I remember being terrified. I'm like, my words are all I have, you know, um, especially as a future clinician. I'm like, you know, this is my bread and butter. I have to have my words. And um, so just as an encouragement to women out there who feel, oh, goodness, I'm not myself, you aren't who you were, but you are who you are. And you will figure out who you will be. And one of the fantastic ways to do that and start rebuilding some of these, um, I mean, definitely some of these pathways, but building new ones that help you function better in your new life stage is journaling because you're working through the confusion, the missing pieces. You're finding new words for the new emotions you're experiencing, which is incredibly important and not to belabor this point, but this is really important. If you don't have a name for the emotion you're experiencing, very often when you experience that emotion, it will feel chaotic or unsettling compared to when you have a word to name that emotion. Even if the word is made up and no one else has ever heard of it because your brain is not efficient in contextualizing what you're feeling. So you're just grasping, I'm mad angry. You've heard people say, I'm hangry. They're contextualizing these emotions to get there more efficiently. And journaling will help you kind of pick that up, these nuances, so you can put them together faster. And it's, it's wonderfully healing for your brain. Wow. And I think I, and what I heard you say as you were speaking was, you don't have to be an author. You don't even have to be a writer. 
You just have to be you. You're just putting down your thoughts. And as I said before, no one has to see that. But when it is time to perhaps uh, go in to your therapist or go into your primary care provider, it can be, moms have told me it can be very enabling because they might feel one way one day and another way when their appointment time comes. I know I'm one of those people. If I want to feel good and healed, all I have to do is make a doctor's appointment. I don't care what's wrong with me. By the time I get into the doctor's office, I am healed. And even if I'm still having symptoms of whatever it is, they seem to not be so as strong or potent as they were when I made that appointment. And so sometimes I feel like, oh, I, I, what am I doing here? And, I'm, and moms tell me they feel the same way because they might feel a certain way one day, and then when they get into the doctor or the therapist, they feel so much better they can't even verbalize the trouble that they felt they were in. But if you could write that down, uh, just a few words or jot down your feelings while you're feeling them or somewhere around there, then you can share that and give your therapist or your doctors more insight. Absolutely. I just feel like you're validating for so many people whom we speak to or whom might be listening, you're validating that, yes, this is not a waste of time. This is something that can really bring me some healing. Oh, absolutely. And so one of the things that I like to say about journaling is, is, and about many things, many tools in counseling is journaling should serve you. You shouldn't be serving it, right? We're not trying to get our high school diploma here. We are trying to heal ourselves. And so do not, if you're doing something that's not serving you, that's creating a burden on you, that's not going to be good. So a good demonstration of that thought pathway is, if your doctor told you to exercise, so you start doing CrossFit, but you have a bad back, well, CrossFit may have not been the way to go there, right? Because now we're not healing the way that, or right. strengthening the way that we wanted to. So it's similar with journaling. And um, one of the things that's really important that you mentioned, Paulette, is not having the time, especially if you have a little baby, brand new, you're feeling the strain and pressure of that, um, you don't have the time to to be writing an essay, right? So journaling is most effective when it's written, your handwriting on a piece of paper, 15 to 20 minutes a day, four days a week. Mm -hmm. But you can work up to that, and you can set a timer for that, and you can do that in different ways. So if your journaling starts out as one word summaries of your day, or you have a sheet of paper just tacked up on a wall with a pen hanging on a cord next to it, and every time you have a feeling, you write that feeling down in the time, and then go on about your day. By the end of the day, after several days, you're going to have a long list that will benefit you in counseling. And just like you said, Paulette, tracking these things is helpful because you don't always and you should not always feel the same way. We're dynamic beings, and a counselor knows that. What a counselor is looking for in session are patterns. So if Mm. we notice at this time of day, in this month, in this year, you do this every time, or you binge eat every time this happens, or you cry in the shower every time this happens, even if it only happens for a season. 
being able to identify that pattern and then safeguard your life in that way is a beautiful thing. Like if you're, you know, you're very sad and you maybe have some suicidal ideation on Wednesday night. Okay, we don't really know what's happening on Wednesday nights yet, but we know it happens on Wednesday nights. So why don't we set up a regular call with mom, a regular call with, you know, your best friend and tell them what's going on. Hey, every Wednesday, this is what happens. I need support just in case. And then they know if you don't call, okay, call husband, call whoever's around you, show up unexpectedly because we need to know what's going on with you on Wednesday night. And that is what journaling can do is is help with these patterns, help you recognize these patterns, help you recognize, wow, I'm really sad today. Why am I so sad on this day of all day? It's just a magnificent tool of self-awareness, and it should serve you. That is awesome advice. I know here in Maryland, we have a uh, a mental health assistance service on 211. And uh, as a matter of fact, FASA is a part of that service. And that's one of the benefits they bring you is that you can set up a call. Uh, but if you if you don't know these patterns, if you haven't been able to kind of figure that out, you might not use that service as well as you could. Or if you have figured out some patterns, you could use that service to your benefit so much more. And so just speaking with you about that is so enlightening. And I'm making notes, you know, as we're talking. You know, Renee, I like I said, I've gone to your website over and over again, and every time I go, I see something different, or I feel something positive. Tell us a little bit about Remedy House and and the work you do. Sure. Remedy House, like I said, is my website, Um, and it it was born out of just seeing that so many new clinicians, so many uh, future counseling clients or current counseling clients, and people in general wanted and were thirsting after mental health resources, the kind of meaty, nitty-gritty research-based stuff that I love reading and writing about. So it is my place to share those things that I'm passionate about that I happen upon, um, books that I'm reading that are excellent resources for everyone who can get their hands on them and just be a blessing that way. So maybe you read something that, you really feel relates to you and you can take that to your clinician or you're a clinician and you think, I wonder if there are any books that are reputable and research based on this. And and then, you know, you can search on my website and find those things. Um, I do have a very young podcast. I do have a very young Substack newsletter also attached to that because I do enjoy writing. And Remedy House is just an extension of my passion um, about literature, language, and mental health. And so I share that all there. My website, um, if you're interested and that sounds like something that you could really benefit from, is remedy.house. It's a little (laughs) newfangled, I suppose, but it is remedy.house.no.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at remedyhse. And my uh, website is linked there as well. That's easier. I thought that was so interesting, uh, Remedy.house, because that says it all. And, uh, of course, once a person gets there, they can see, yeah, this is really some, not only is it beautiful to look at and beautiful to uh, take a journey through your website, but it is just very helpful and just good to know that 
you're doing what you're doing, that you're sharing, you had some experiences, and you were able to see that you could bring those experiences, and not just bring them, but bring them to the people who really, uh, who really need them. Because many of the moms we speak to tell us that their um, immediate care provider or some of the people they're speaking to in the professional world still are not there yet. They still mm-hmm. don't really get it. And they feel like they're not, they feel, they feel like it's a challenge uh, reaching yeah. out and finding people who really, quote, unquote, understand them. Right. Absolutely. Every, every counselor, just like a client, is a, um, a person, a professional in progress. So if you do feel that way, I encourage you to, to, to talk to them about it, too. That's part of counseling is to be very honest in the face of those things so you can work through them. And maybe you find that you need maybe a new clinician, but maybe you find that, oh, okay, now, now we're getting somewhere and we're getting some traction. That's their job to see if they, can, if they can be that person for you. So huge encouragement. And if my website can help, absolutely. I would love to be that kind of help. That is so good. I, just as we were speak, as you were speaking just then, and like I said, most of the conversations I have, I have them on behalf, of course, of of our own, you know, tragedy. But I have them on behalf of the daily communications that I have with moms and um, childbearing people, and so I hear the same words, kind of over and over again. And sometimes it seems like, well, of course, first. The first thing we do, uh, if it's not an emergency, is to say, well, start with your immediate resources. Start with your care provider. Uh, of course, we know that moms can be in certain, uh, what should I say, phases of their uh, postpartum period. It's not just as we used to think, maybe a few weeks. It could be a few months. And depending on their history, postpartum depression could last for an undetermined amount of time. So when they speak to a physician or a counselor that they think is, they're not getting through to them or they don't understand them, that can really kind of add to the trauma. So that's why we talk about journaling, and that's why we talk about reaching out to resources like yours that can help mm-hmm. them kind of sort it out just by looking at some of the materials you have for uh, people to read and not only moms and birthing people, but the people around them. Because I, I like the phrase, it takes a village, but I'd like to just say family members and caregivers and loved ones because those are the people who are around the mom and they know uh, her on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paula, I think I was telling you that I didn't, I'm, a, I'm a fully educated clinician with experience under my belt. And experiencing PPA, PPD, um, I had no idea. I was like, this is, you know, I'm just tired, which was also true. But, <laughs> you know, it was beyond that. It wasn't until a year later I was like, oh, no, we were fully depressed and um, was able to lean into that help for myself. So I agree. It takes all the family that knows you to kind of support you and bring you back to yourself. So absolutely. Many of the therapists that we have, counselors that we have, doulas that we have had on the podcast say the same thing. I'm a, I'm a professional, and yet I didn't pick up on it right away. Mm-hmm. So we can understand how it is for a brand-new mom. Uh, we have uh, a 
Julia Jones in our circle. She's written a book, and she has a service called a Newborn Mom. Every time a newborn, every time a new baby comes into the world, a new mom comes into the world as well. And even yes. if it's a yes. multiple mom, <laughs> she's still a new mom <laughs> because this is a new baby and all the babies are different. So we always yes. got to mention her um, it just because it always kind of comes up. It's a newborn mom as well. So yes. I, I yes. know that we're, we're coming down to, uh, to the end of our time. It just goes so fast. So even though we are just for today, I want the audience to know that, first of all, this journaling series is going talking about journaling. This is going to be a series that Faz is going to keep going at. And I know you're growing, uh, Renee, and I know you're meeting new people, doing new things. Uh, you, you had already told us, uh, well, you told me, uh, and you can talk about that a little bit as well, that you want to use your skills and your passion to as a, as a military mom and a military wife to reach out in some of the areas that you'll be traveling uh, during your career, during, uh, during your journey. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's really important as a military wife and just experiencing kind of the depth of loneliness you can feel when you're surrounded by people. So just being able to be a support in those areas, reaching out to neighbors that I know are military new moms and checking in and being kind of that irritating neighbor, irritating friend where in the moment it's like, oh my gosh, she really is, she really is wanting to be there and, you know, I'm busy right now and just allowing uh, me to come into their messy lives and, and provide those resources that way. And then professionally, just making sure whenever I'm, I'm practicing and seeing a client, there's always room for military wives and military families on my schedule and that they always get, you know, the ability to say, okay, I need very specific help, um, and I'm a military wife, you know, do you have any room? And, and just getting a yes for me is something that I hope to be able to provide anywhere I go, because I know that I wish I had that at the time, um, whether it was in my house virtually or however, just having someone to talk to who got it, who knows what it's like to move and not have the family support and things like that. So absolutely, I would love to, and that's to do that. Important. Someone who gets it. And that's yes. just so, so important. So we're grateful that you came to us today. You brought us your knowledge. And most importantly, the promise of increasing the awareness for well-being of our moms and like I said, along with family members, caregivers, and, and the professional health care providers. So right at this moment, I'm going to, uh, to invite you back. And you can look for me to be staying in contact with you. We're connected, and we're going to stay connected. And I definitely want to keep up uh, with your travels, and you will know as well that because I get it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a military widow, but I was a military wife for, for many years, and so I definitely get it. I get it, and yes, I'm so I'm, glad that you're one of our resources. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Paulette. I'm so glad to be able to do this. Okay, then I'm going to tell our audience to make sure that they keep this in mind. It's remedy.house, not .com. Remedy.house, and it comes up so beautifully with a smile that you know is going to be welcoming and warm for you. We want you to go out there to discover 
and enjoy some of the resources that Renee is so generously providing. Her busy life, she told you some of the things that she can do, and you know that uh, she can put a lot of things together, but you know that she is there for you to uh, just be um, just have that personal experience, and especially especially our military moms, our military wives. And we also ask you to come to FASA and get additional information that's geared to provide supportive resources to families affected by postpartum depression. And we know that uh, this month is uh, Suicide Prevention Month, so we are really going to be putting out a lot of information about that. A lot of information is coming from a lot of organizations, but you know FASA Finder. We find things in your zip code or within 10 miles of your zip code. And we especially ask you to share information on the FASA Scholarship for Awareness of Maternal Suicide. The application is online. It's on the FASA site along with the guidelines and we are so proud to be able to position ourselves to award that scholarship in um, the academic year 2023. I want to thank you again, Faza fans, for tuning in. Again, this is Paulette Smith, and I'm signing off in loving memory of Christina LaShawn Thompson Adams. Bye-bye.